Hello and welcome to another episode of getagoodstart.com's podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at getagoodstart. Before we begin, I just want to remind you to go to getagoodstart.com to read the accompanying blog to this podcast episode. It contains additional information about our guest and follow-up action items you can take to get a good start. And today's guest is former collegiate football captain and starting quarterback. He is a keynote speaker and advisor to Fortune 500 companies, as well as the players and teams of the NFL, NBA, and NCAA. He's an author of a fantastic book, which I recommend to everyone, entitled Welcome to Management. And I became aware of him through his podcast, The Learning Leader Show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Ryan Hawk. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's good to be with you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show today, and I'm going to get right into it. Um, when you think about the phrase getting a good start, what does that mean to you? And how, how do you employ that in your everyday life? As far as a daily routine or more as getting a good start to your career? As a daily routine. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, getting a good start to me usually starts actually the night before. Uh, so if you're talking about how to begin a day, something as simple as laying out my clothes for my morning workout, uh, making, uh, removing as much friction as possible in order for me to start the day in order to do it on the right foot. For me, it's, it's all about being physical to help me mentally. So I need to move my body, I need to stretch, I need to sweat. I need, I need to feel like I pushed past resistance very early in the day to feel like I have some sort of accomplishment, usually before the sun comes up. And doing that, to me, helps propel me for whatever else I'm going to do. Just, uh, uh, going through the tough workout, uh, reflection, writing, thinking, then spending time with my family around breakfast time, walking our daughter onto the bus as I did today, uh, waving, all of that plays into the role to say, okay, now it's time to get to work. So uh, to me, the, the start of a day starts the night before, Something as simple as laying out my clothes, getting up and pushing myself physically because that prepares me mentally to do some tough creative work to help other people, um, spending some time with my family and then getting after it. So it's, it's, it's a seven-day-a-week process for me that I try to focus on and, 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 and live by on a consistent basis. If you go back in time, what would be a piece of advice you would give yourself to kick off your career in a better way, to get that better start, to be better prepared? Is there something you would tell yourself? I wasn't necessarily as focused on relationship building earlier in my career, in my life. When I was in college, I played football. Uh, I loved my teammates. Uh, those were my guys. Um, but I didn't really look much beyond that. Uh, I tried to foster relationships with those guys, build camaraderie, build a team, um, lead a team. But I didn't really meet with my professors enough. I didn't meet with people in the community enough. I didn't even think about getting a job. Uh, I only thought about playing football, being with my teammates and enjoying it. And I guess there is something to that. You know, I, I, I tried to enjoy college, enjoy my buddies, um, have a good time. But I probably would have been better suited if I would have met with my professors more, if I would have met with leaders in the community more, if I would have tried to build meaningful, mutually beneficial, long-term relationships at that age, as opposed to when I got into my 30s, 
Um, I just didn't really think about it when I was younger. I, whether I didn't listen to advice that I was given or I was just young and immature and not very smart. I think it's probably a combination of all those things, but I would focus earlier on building better relationships with people outside of just the sport I played. Um, and that's, that's just not something I did that I, if I had to do it again, I would go back and, and be better about that. Ryan, that's a great segue into the next question because um, coming up in a, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a social media expert who's been written up in Forbes and, and also advises on uh, Entrepreneur Magazine talking about relationship building through social media for the professional world, right? And one of the things I think you're saying is that if you were to go back even to give some advice to a college, let's say freshman, uh, as to how they could help themselves throughout their college career. It's building those relationships. Uh, is, is that the most useful piece of advice you could give a college student right now to prepare themselves for the world of today? I mean, it would be one of them, I guess. Uh, it's the first thing that comes to my mind because you'll notice as you progress within your career that the single greatest determining factor in your long-term excellence is your who. Who will be your friends? Who will be your mentors? Who will be your spouse? Who will you be surrounded by? And if, if you're intentional about surrounding yourself with people who lift you up, with people that you try to add value to, and you have that mindset of in order to build a mutually beneficial relationship, we both are trying to add value to the lives of the other. That, that for me has led to everything, whether it be jobs, promotions, a marriage, friendship, everything. And so the, the, I don't know if you can do that too early, work on building relationships. If someone would have just nailed that into my head when I was 20 or 22 to say, all these people were coming towards us that were like fans of our football team and asking me out to dinner and all these things. I didn't care. I didn't want to do it. And these are really uh, influential leaders in the community, in the business world, people that I probably should have tried to develop a relationship with, and I just didn't do any of it. So yeah, I, I think your who, your sphere, the people around you will determine what happens in your life. So work on building genuine authentic, real relationships with people where you're trying to add value to their life, they're trying to add value to yours. That's, that's how you make it happen. I mean, everything that's happened that's been good for me has been because I've been very lucky to be surrounded by great people. And those people have helped make those things happen. And I try to do the same for them. Of all the leaders you have interviewed on your podcast, and, and I look back at your past podcasts way back to, what was it, about six years ago when you started, and all the people who you've interviewed, um, is there a significant experience that one of them or many of them have expressed which you took that lesson from them and incorporate into your own life? Well, I just mentioned the one from Jim Collins. I mean, I was speaking with right. Jim. I've had him on a few times and, and he was the one who I was, you know, I'm a big, uh, I like Simon Sinek's work and start with why and understanding why you're doing what you do. And I think that's really important. And I was espousing the virtues of my why and my following my curiosity with great rigor and what I was doing. And Jim's like, hold on a second, man. That's awesome. However, your who is what's going to make your life. And so first and foremost, if I have to impart any, any sort of wisdom to you that I've learned over time is, is to focus first and foremost on those people. Um, and, and, and when I look and when I really take a step back and analyze, I've done 400 plus of these now, 
of understanding what are some of the commonalities among leaders who have sustained excellence, one of the key leading indicators for all of those people that have made it happen over decades is the fact that they'll all tell you they're surrounded by people who lift them up. They regularly put themselves in rooms with people who are far more intelligent than them, people who have accomplished more than them, because they see it, they feel it, they have an understanding of how it happens by placing themselves in those rooms and being around those people that it, 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 it almost forces them to improve, to get better, and to, uh, I, I guess, do better, do more with what they've been given. And so I'm just trying to maximize all of the great luck that I've been given. And one of the best ways to do that is to surround myself with people who are far better than me at everything that I'm trying to do. And by being in their presence and talking to them and asking them questions and trying to learn from their actions, then I am steadily getting a little bit better. And I can actually hear this happening because go back and listen to episode number one or even episode number 100 versus episode number 404 or whatever, you'll hear a difference. You'll hear a better conversationalist, someone who asks better questions because I got more repetitions and I've spent more time around other people who are really good at this. And so it's important to me. Um, and so I'm trying to, to, to be intentional about improvement and fortunately for me, I can actually go back and listen and hear it. And, and so any way that you can put something in place in your life to, to actually measure your growth and improvement, I would advise you to do it as best you can. It might necessarily be a podcast, but in whatever, whatever way it could be, I think it's a good idea. You speak with people who have sustained, who have achieved sustained excellence. I like to say significance instead of success. But is there another common thread through all these people who you've interviewed? Yeah, I don't I don't use sustained success either. It's it's certainly all about excellence. Excellence is is measuring yourself against yourself. Uh, success would be measuring yourself against others. And that's just not mm -hmm. something I do. Um, and I don't advise people to do either. I think it's a life full of misery if you're going to spend it comparing yourself to others. Um, I think being around others will will lift you up, but you're not comparing yourself to them. You're comparing yourself to your previous self. Uh, I guess if I had to, if I had to pick a few things. Um, because I'm always asking about people and their and the commonalities among leaders who have sustained excellence. I would, I would say really two things is the fact that first and foremost, they're very thoughtful and reflective people. They take time to pause, to think, to reflect, to analyze their actions, their behaviors, the outcomes based upon those actions and behaviors. And then two, they take from that thoughtful stage and they are very purposeful and intentional with their actions. They don't haphazardly wander through life hoping for the best. They go make it happen. They're intentional with their actions. They, they ask questions with purpose. They write cold emails with purpose. They don't ask to pick your brain. They ask for something very specific in a conversation to have that generates the, the, the odds of a, a positive response to go higher. And everything that they do in their life there's intention and purpose. And so with, with people that I would try to share and help out, it's, it's usually asking them, why are you doing this? What's the purpose behind this? How are you acting with intention for whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's your first job after college, or you're going to go interview for some other company, or you're going for a promotion, or you're going on a date, whatever it may be, what's the purpose? Why are you doing this? Have you thought about it? Have you reflected a bit on that instead of just wandering around? I'm not against being spontaneous and saying yes on a whim, but I do think it's worth it to think things through and then act with intention and purpose behind it. Starting off in a career, I talk with a lot of my students and they're always 
do a ton of research because they don't want to make any mistakes. And I tell them, you're going to make mistakes. It's inevitable. That's how we learn. Uh, you know, the purpose of my podcast and what I do is to help them get past those bu those bumps in the road a little faster with a little insight and experience from people who have been there before. Um, you said in your book, you know, bad news ages poorly, right? Um, bad news is, does not get better with age. Well, that's, I'm sorry, I misquoted you. No, um, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's bad news. I, I learned it from a mentor of mine too. So it's not like right. it's not an original quote for me, but yeah, it was bad news doesn't get better with age. Now, thinking about that and thinking about the students who I do counsel, um, you know, how do we, how do we tell them it's okay to make a mistake and get over, how do they get over it more quickly? How do they get past that bump in the road without, without fear of, uh, you know, it coming back on them in a negative way? I mean, we all make mistakes, right? What, what's advice that you can give a college student who just started a career and is afraid to go out on a limb there because he's afraid of making a mistake. How do we get them past that to be more of a risk taker uh, and, and get to that leadership position without a, without a title, right? By leading the group, by being that standout. How do we do that? Well, I would probably argue the inverse. If you're not making mistakes and hitting bumps in the road and failing from time to time, that means you're not pushing yourself enough. So it, it, I'm not advocating anyone to do uh, uh, something that is uh, beyond reproach, uh, something like breaking the law or cheating or stealing. Like that's not what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know in my life, if I'm not failing every once in a while, if I don't have a bit that falls dead when I'm giving a keynote every once in a while, that means I'm not trying hard enough. It means I'm not pushing the edges hard enough. And the only way you increase your, your current sphere of competence and comfort is to try to push the edges. And sometimes as you push the edges of your zone of competence in, in comfort, you're going to mess up. You're going to, you're going to, it's not going to work. You know, you try something. Oh, that didn't work. Wow. Back to the drawing board, check off, probably not going to do that again. So I actually think it's a, it's a good signal. It's a good marker. If you're making mistakes, if you try something and it doesn't work out, uh, you should be pushing yourself, especially in, in in your early days, you should be pushing yourself. But I think regardless of age, to the point to where you are making mistakes. I love like I'm lucky the fact I live in Dayton, Ohio. It's where Dave Chappelle lives. And Dave, before he goes out on a big tour, will go to these small comedy clubs around Dayton, Ohio. And I've I've got to see him when he's trying out new material. And a lot of comedians do this. They go to their home club and they try new stuff out. There's some stuff that is horrible. It's not funny at all, but that's part of the process. These guys and girls go to these small places to try stuff out, to see what works, what hits, how does the audience respond? Because they don't fully know. As genius as they are, they still don't know. And sometimes going to a show like that, to me, made me feel a lot better because even these geniuses like Dave Chappelle, 
He sounds stupid at times. He says things that, that aren't funny at all because that's part of the process. So part of all of our processes, I think, is being willing to try stuff, being willing to look stupid every once in a while, experimenting, even though you know some of it is not going to work or some of it will be a mistake. Go for a job that's way too big for you. See if you can hang in that interview process. See what, And then make sure you take very detailed notes on what you learned, the questions they asked, the answers you gave, the feedback they gave to you when you didn't get the job, whatever it may be. I, I would say if you're not making mistakes and failing, you're not trying and pushing hard enough. So that should be a regular occurrence in your life. As, as weird as it sounds to say that, that should be something that regularly happens to you, or at least semi-regularly. Ryan, thank you. That's great advice. And it's it's uh, something I know my students will benefit from. Your podcast is The Learning Leader Show. I enjoy it very much. I encourage all my listeners to listen. Uh, the book is Welcome to Management. It's a really great book I've passed on to a lot of folks. I appreciate you coming on the show today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I look forward to hopefully having you on when I hit 100 or 150 shows. Love it, Scott. Thanks so much for having me, man.